0: four this morning, and uh, I really want to uh, congratulate you for sticking with us so far through the book of Hosea. Uh, We got 10 more chapters to go, but um, I'm going to give you a little break this morning because it's primarily not about the people, uh, God's uh, message here this morning, so you're kind of off the hook. Um, it 's it's primarily dealing with the spiritual leaders, the uh, priests, and the um, the prophets um, that were there and uh, you know I, I do want to say that all of us as believers in jesus christ we, we all have times where we, where we struggle in our Christian faith walk, um, in the fact that we we stumble, we fall. Um, And through all that process, God is always pursuing after us. And he has this this love for us that he's not going to let us just basically self-destruct. God is pursuing after us. He loves us. He cares for us. And so even even in our times where it seems like things are not going right and we're not keeping in step with the Spirit... Rest assured that God still loves you, uh, no matter what, during those times. And this morning, I, I really want to hone in on a primary importance of, I believe, the message of Hosea here in chapter number 4. And you will see that, as we looked at in the previous uh, chapters, that the, the relationship between Hosea and Gomer is never mentioned throughout the rest of the, uh, the book. Um, God starts to focus in primarily on some things that I believe that are supposed to help them return them back to himself. And uh, I believe that those are some things that we can look at in God's word this morning that will help us to uh, take account of in our life as well. So if there's one thing that I would like to really stress this morning is I would like to stress the importance of the word of God. I mean... His word, the Bible tells us, is a light unto us. As just Christy just sang this morning, Um, the word of God is, is a light. And it's there for us to guide us and direct us. We must understand that we don't walk around in a dimly lit world and we have the word of God as a light. The world is dark, completely dark. And the only source that we have is the word of God, which is a light. So if we leave this out of our lives... We are walking in darkness. This is the only light source that we have. I remember on a, uh, several trips, I grew up in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, and uh, several times we used to go down to Carlsbad, New Mexico, and they have uh, Carlsbad Caverns. How many of you have ever heard of Carlsbad Caverns? Okay, National Park down there, a wonderful little place to take your children and have a great time. But uh, they have this large uh, room, this large cavern, and you walk down and you go down and down and down and down and down until you're finally like, I think it's like eight, 900 feet below the surface. And when you're in there, they do something very freaky. They turn out the lights. And you're in there and you cannot see a thing. I mean, you can almost feel the darkness. It is so dark. I mean, imagine if you were in a cave just somewhat like that. The only way that you would ever be able to get out of that cave, and if it was completely dark, is you would have to have a light. I mean, no amount of yelling, saying, Hey, I'm over here, I'm over here, hello, hello, hello. Because the caverns are so vast, and and there there might be uh, things that you could fall off of or, or fall into because you don't have light. And so you have to have a light source in order to get out of that dark place, out of that cavern. Well, just as much so, we have to have the word of God in our lives in order to navigate this dark world in which we live. So it's so important that we have a light, that we have a light source, that we keep the word of God central and primary in our lives... And you'll see here in Hosea chapter 4 of how the people did not keep the word of God primary in their life. So, just to bring us back up to speed on what we've been looking at here so far. We've been studying here this book of Hosea. And Hosea is a book that's not really known uh, in, our, in our church settings that much. Primarily because the message can somewhat be difficult. Uh, Because uh, God uses uh, analogies and he uses uh, symbolism and things like that. There's poetry in here. And so sometimes the message is not necessarily very clear. But I think if we study it and we take our time, we can get the message that God wants for us uh, here in 2017. So here's Hosea. He's a prophet. And he was supposed to be bringing the word of God to the people. Now remember remember the case here? You have the divided kingdom, you have the ten tribes, you have the two tribes. Here, primarily, the northern kingdom has turned away from God, Israel. And God has been sending prophet after prophet after prophet, message after message after message after message to get the people to turn back to the Lord. And that same message has always been the same. Repent. Repent. Come back to me. Repent. Repent. And here Hosea steps on the scene. This is probably about 750 B.C., Israel was destroyed in 722 BC, and God is sending this last message basically to his people saying, repent, turn back to me, repent, turn back to me. But as we know, they didn't do so, and they end up going into uh, bondage there. So the word of God is so important, especially in the life here of these people that were living uh, during Hosea's time. And you'll see here as we begin to look at this, that they did not keep the word of God central in their life. And boy, that's a state that I think we find most of us in here today as well. We have a nation that is forsaken God. We have not kept the word of God primary in our life as what we should do. So, this message that Hosea has here, it is a message that was emphasized to bring the people back to God. And God did that in a very interesting way by giving Hosea a marriage. And it was marriage to a whore. And basically, he said, I'm going to use this marriage to show you my unfaithfulness that you have towards me. So, it brings out the fact that God has a relationship with his people they have abandoned his. Pe- they have abandoned God. They've turned away after other idols, and God says, "I want you to return back to me." And so that picks us up here in Hosea chapter number four. So let's take a look at here at some of these uh, the verses here in Hosea chapter number four, and we'll read these things here. So we find here the Lord's controversy. Number one, we find the Lord's controversy is against the people. Look at Hosea chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. It says, hear the word of the Lord, O children of Israel. For the Lord has a controversy with the inhabitants of the land. There is no faithfulness or steadfast love, no knowledge of God in the land. There is swearing, lying, murder, stealing, committing adultery. They break all bounds and bloodshed follows bloodshed. Therefore, the land mourns. And all who dwell in it languish, and also the beasts of the field and the birds of the heavens, and even the fish of the sea are taken away. The picture here that God is giving us is a courtroom setting it 's almost as if God has called to order court he 's the judge he 's sitting there on the on the the judge 's uh, seat, the nation of Israel is there, and he 's calling order to court, and he 's saying, "I have a controversy." Against you. And basically, he's telling them, he's saying, I'm going to bring this charge against you for what you have not done and what you have done. And so, his controversy here, he is making his disagreement known to the people. He's saying, This is what I'm charging you. Uh, With you guys about so let's look at some of these charges that he brings to them and let's look at them in detail of the controversy that God has against his people notice what he says here. Hosea 4 1 he says "Hear the word of the Lord O children of Israel for the Lord has a controversy with the inhabitants of the land why because there is no faithfulness or steadfast love and no knowledge of God in the land. So here God is pointing out to his people, and he's saying, I am charging you with this. This is my controversy against you. There's no faithfulness. They have not remained true to the Lord. And we know that because out of Hosea 1 through 3, what did the Lord accuse them of? Going after other idols, going after other gods. And he says, you have not remained faithful to me. Israel has committed spiritual adultery against the God. Then he says, there's no steadfast love. The greatest command of the Old Testament was to what? You got it. Absolutely. That's what God's commandment was. And here he tells them, he says, you do not have steadfast love. How did he know that? Well, because they went after other gods. They were not honoring the Lord. They were not loving him as they should. They were not faithful and they didn't have steadfast love towards God. And, you know, what's interesting about these two traits, about the fact that God mentions faithfulness and steadfast love. Did you know that those are the two traits that God himself has in his life? And so God says, I want you to be a people that shows faithfulness and shows steadfast love to others around you. Because you're supposed to be a representation of me in the land. And they would not even do that. And he says, you have no faithfulness and you do not have steadfast love. When God appeared to Moses in the desert, the Bible tells us that he gave a beautiful description of his character. In Exodus 34, 6, the Lord based, uh, showed him and proclaimed this. He said, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. So here, God's controversy that he has against the people is he's trying to tell them and say, listen, I've given you a law that you should show faithfulness and steadfast love. And they're guilty of breaking that law. And so this steadfast love was that they had no steadfast love and faithfulness amongst the people. Not towards God and not towards one another. The Bible says that there was bloodshed and there was, there was breaking of bounds. I mean, these guys wouldn't even keep their covenants that they made with one another. I mean, you know, here's Joe Schmo and he goes over across the field. And he's going to agree to give three eggs for a cow. I don't know. Something goofy like that. And the guy wouldn't even keep his promise. He was not keeping up to what God had called him to do. And so God says, I have a controversy against you that you are not faithful and you have no steadfast love. In fact, the people didn't even truly know, know the Lord because look at the last thing that the Lord brings to their con about his controversy. He says, and there is no knowledge of God in the land. That is such a sad statement because God is saying, because you don't have faithfulness, because you don't have steadfast love, it all stems from the fact that you do not have a knowledge of me. That's why I say the word of God is so important in our lives. Because as we read the word of God, we don't read it just to check off a little, I did my Christian duty for today. We read the word of God so we can understand the mind of God, so we can come to know him in a better way, so we can come to know his faithfulness, so we can come to know his steadfast love. And the people here, God brings a controversy against them and says, you are guilty because you don't even have a knowledge of me in the land. Not just to know about him, but to know him in a deep, passionate personal way where we have fellowship with god one with one you know our highest calling in life is to have a relationship with jesus christ and that relationship to be primary in our life and so as we read god's word We're not just reading some dusty old book or some goofy words that some guy concocted somewhere in a basement. These are the very words of God. And we have a chance to read them and allow them to change our life and and to direct our life and give us understanding about Jesus Christ and about God and allow his word to change and transform us into the very image of Jesus Christ. So this is what we were made for. We were made to know Jesus Christ. We were made to know him in a greater way, a deeper way, a more passionate way. That's what God wants for our lives. So how do we come to know Jesus? We come to know him through his word. Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. He said, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so we have the very words of life, and we can read them and, 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 and allow them to change and transform us. In the Bible, God has told us everything that he wants us to know about himself. And if we do not take the time to allow the word of God to have an influence in our life, then we have no knowledge of God. We're not allowing his word to change and transform us. And just as the people here in Hosea's time, God says, I have a controversy against you because you do not know me. I am so guilty of this. You say, Mike, yeah, but you know, you're a preacher, man. You went to Bible college and you you, you stand up here and you give us the word of God. And yeah, but did you know the greatest thing, the greatest detriment that I could ever make in my life is to not know the Lord personally? I could study and, and spend time and put together sermons. But if I do not know the Lord personally in my life and spend time with him, I fail greatly. Because it's so important that I, myself, take heed to the word of God and allow it to transform and change me. So Hosea here is giving us a description, giving us an understanding about the controversy that the Lord has against his people. And it's because they have no knowledge of God in the land. Let's look at a few other things about this. So what did they have? So they had no faithfulness. They had no steadfast love. But what did they have? Here it is, Hosea 4.2. They're swearing, lying, murder, stealing, and committing adultery. They break all bounds and bloodshed follows bloodshed. Now, this is an interesting list. Because five of the things mentioned here are five of the Ten Commandments. I mean, if you think about it, here it is, the Ten Commandments mentioned in Exodus chapter 20. We have swearing, which is the third commandment. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Lying, the ninth commandment. You shall not uh, uh, bear false witness. Murder, the sixth commandment. You shall not murder. Stealing, the eighth commandment. You shall not steal. Committing adultery, the seventh commandment. You shall not commit adultery. So in this short list of words here, he specifically identifies five of the ten commandments that they are guilty of breaking. And just here, just to bring us up to understanding here, when God led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he made a covenant with them. And he says, you are to keep this covenant. Remember, here's Moses. He comes down off the mountain. He's got the two tables of stone. And he comes down, and what are the people doing? Ah, you know, worshiping the golden calf. Moses gets angry, "Ah," you know, breaks the commandments. God has to remake them. And so he comes down, he says, this is what I want you to live by. Here's an interesting thing about this. Jesus, when he showed up on the scene, remember the guy that came up to him and he says, hey, Jesus, you know, um, what is the greatest commandment? What did Jesus tell him to do? He so said, love the Lord thy God, right? And to do what? Love your neighbor. He said, on those two things, hang all the commandments and all the prophets. So here, God is saying, you're not even being faithful to me. You're not loving me, loving God. And you are not being loving towards your neighbor. You're lying, you're stealing, you're murdering, you're committing adultery. You're doing all of these things. And so their life was, a, was characterized by sin. Where did that all come from? Because there was no knowledge of God in the land. They had forsaken God. They've turned away from the Lord. And so they were doing this. They were continually breaking God's commandments all over the place. The people were not walking in the ways of God. And this disobedience to God was not just amongst the people. Because this is where this comes from. This was primarily because of the fault of the religious leaders. Let's take a look at that. Now, this is where I say you're off the hook, okay? Because this is where it comes down to me. This is where it comes down to the other elders here of this church. Notice what he says against the leaders. Hosea chapter 4, verses 4 through 6 says, Yet let not one contend, and let not none accurse, For with you is my contention, O priest. You shall stumble by day... The prophet also shall stumble with you by night, and I will destroy your mother. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you, priest, you, prophets, have rejected knowledge. I reject you from being a priest to me, and since you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. God had raised up priests and prophets, and they were the religious leaders to be Teaching the people the word of God. The priests led in worship. The prophets here were supposed to bring God's word to the people. The priests instituted the sacrifices and and they did all these things. and, And the prophets gave the word of God. But here they were not doing what God had told them to do. They were giving to the people, not God's word. They were not giving God's word to the people Let's look at this a little bit more about this. Look what he says here. Hosea 4, 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I reject you from being a priest to me. And since you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. Lack of knowledge of God. Now, God here is charging this against the priest, against the prophets. And let me just do this here just real quickly, okay? Let me borrow Jeff, and I'll borrow Jerry, and Tom, and Jesse, okay? Oh, he's, about, he's running away. All right? So, Jesse, why don't you come up? Okay? Hey. So, here is, here's, the, here's the illustration here. Yeah, Jerry, you come on up. You're on the hook this morning. Yep, Jeff, Tom. now here we have jerry jeff me and tom all of us here are elders of this church we have jesse here he serves here as our worship pastor now here all of us we are responsible for teaching the word of god for directing the word of god for giving illustration of the word of god now let's put all of ourselves here back in old testament times okay so here we are we're priests and prophets the message has come to us we're leading the children of israel here you guys are committing adultery you're stealing you're murdering you're lying you're not being faithful to god you are uh you have uh no knowledge of god and all of that stems because we have not been doing our job So God is bringing a controversy against us. And he's saying you people, us, are to blame for that. Now this is very important because if we here are not faithfully following God, how can we faithfully lead you? If we ourselves are not being true to God and, and taking on, on, on understanding more of who God is, how are we supposed to set an example for you? If Jesse here, he, he's not just a music leader, he's here to lead us in worship. If he's not faithfully spending time in God's word and allowing the word of God to speak to his heart and, and to move him and to direct his life, how can he faithfully lead in worship? So this controversy is against the religious leaders of Hosea's time. They were not doing their job. So we have a job to do. It's an obligation. That's why God says in uh, his word that many should not be teachers of the word. Because this is so important. Did you know that all of us here will give an account for how we taught the word? how we gave the word, how we studied the word, if we were faithfully, rightly dividing the word, we will give an account before God and have to answer for every word that came out of our mouth. That's a very high calling to be a part of. And it's a very dangerous thing if, if we are not doing what we've been called to do. Thank you, guys. You can sit down. So it's so important here to understand that... The controversy that God has is against the leaders. Their lack of knowledge of God and his word led the people into doing other things. They were rejecting the knowledge of God and they were forgetting the Bible. Notice the last part of this verse. It says, they, the priest, forgot the law of God. Now, when Hosea was written, this is about 750 uh, B.C., They didn't have a nicely bound calfskin, you know, edition with three ribbons hanging out and, you know, with their name imprinted in gold gilded edges. They didn't have that. What did they have? More than likely, all they had was just the law, the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And it's those five books that God was saying, you have forgotten me. You have not been living up to our covenant, our agreement. You've not been doing what I have called you to do. And so they have forgotten the law of God. They forgot God's word. They did not do what they should have been doing. Now, between the day before Jesus and our day, there are some differences. We no longer have priests and prophets. We have here in this church, we have elders. We have worship pastor. We have some of you that teach on a regular basis, maybe a Bible study. And so all of us need to understand the importance of not rejecting God's word, keeping God's word at center in our life, not forgetting the word of God. Can I tell you something really important? My word is not the final say. This is. My word is not God. This is. So it is so important as believers in Jesus that you never take Mike Bird's word as that's the final authority. Because if my word ever lifts up higher than this, there's a problem. This should always trump my word. Because why? Because I'm fallible. I'm sinful. I don't got it all figured out. And so it's the duty of every believer in here to search out the scriptures, to find out if that's really what it says. Remember when Paul, when he went to Berea, says that he was there in Berea and he was teaching them. And it says the Berean believers were more noble than those at Thessalonica because they went home and they looked in the scriptures and they wanted to find out if, if, really, that is what the scriptures had to say. And so you, me, all of us have an obligation to make sure that we are keeping the word of God primary in our life. I remember when I was working at a, uh, at a uh, grocery store in college one year, There was a guy that came and I was working in the deli there. And uh, I was just talking to him and I said, hey, how you doing? He's like, oh, I'm doing great. And I was like, well, why are you doing great? And he's like, well, because I got Jesus in my heart. And I was like, oh, that's great. Isn't it great to know the Lord? And he says, yes. He says, it's so wonderful to know the Lord. And and we started talking and I gave him a, a scripture about something. I can't remember exactly what. And then he goes, and it also says... So I'm thinking he's going to give us a Bible scripture. He says, when I was walking in the sand with you, I noticed that there was only one set of footprints. Because that's not Bible. So it's important to know the word. It's important to have the word of God as a century primary influence in our lives. Because we don't want to be led astray. We want to make sure that we are keeping the word of God central in our life. So these priests were guilty of breaking God's word. They were guilty of forgetting the law. They were guilty of not keeping the word of God center in their life. The word of God is the standard. It's not Times Magazine. It's not, you know, uh, New York Times. It is the word of God, which is the standard. Unfortunately, we have people in this world that we live and you give them the standard and they don't want to measure up to that standard. This is the standard. This is what we go by. If ever in this congregation, if ever anywhere in this congregation, we ever have someone or even an elder say, we're going to do something different. We're going to do this. And not using the word of God as a standard. We have a problem. We need to make sure we keep the word of God as a standard. Keep it primary in our life. So there was against the leaders in their time. The Lord's controversy was against them. Notice a few things here. Because... They forgot the word of God. Look how this how this decay led. So here's the people they're lying, they're stealing, they're committing adultery, they're they're bearing false witness, they're they're not being faithful to God. There's no there's no understanding of God in the land, there's a lack of knowledge in the land. The priests here are leading them in worship vainly because they do not understand the word. And notice what it does it's against their worship now. So it all stems from the Bible. It all stems from the word of God. Because there's a lack of knowledge of the word, it's now affecting their worship. Look what it says here, Hosea chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. The more they increased, the more they sinned against me. I will charge their glory into shame. They feed on the sin of my people. They are greedy for their iniquity, and it shall be like people, like priests... I will punish them for their ways and repay them for their deeds. They shall eat but not be satisfied. They shall play the whore but not multiply because they have forsaken the Lord to cherish whoredom, wine, and new wine, which take away the understanding. Because the people here did not know the Lord and they didn't know and understand the word of God because they didn't didn't cherish the word of God and keep it center in their lives. The religious leaders were not teaching the people about the Lord. And so in a sense, their worship actually became sinful. Now, for example, here, Jesse can get up here and he can lead us in worship. And we say, man, that's a great song, man. I love that song. But if Jesse, he can, obviously, Jesse can put on a good portrayal. Any of us here standing up here can put on a good portrayal. But inside our hearts, God wants us to be true to him and to his word. This is not a performance. This is something that we are doing to train and to teach and to admonish the believers together. And so we need to understand that when we hear, lead, and worship, that we have a primary responsibility, and that is to keep the word of God central in our lives. Because we are teaching others how to do it. You know, it's interesting. My daughter, Evelyn, um, I'm amazed at the things that she's picking up from us. This is kind of weird, and and you'll probably laugh at it, but that's okay. Um, (laughs) My wife back there is about dying right now. But anyways, (laughs) um, Evelyn's got this thing now where she picks up socks, and she goes... (sighs) My wife goes, Where did she learn that? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Ask your mother. I don't know. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) But she's learning because we are teaching her. She's observing our actions. She's seeing how we're doing things. And she's picking up on those things. And she may think, Hey, this is normal, you know? But it's not. <laughs> so we as as the leaders, as as the elders and 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 worship, we have to lead correctly because it will affect the worship in how we do this. Here's an interesting thing. Jesus Himself said, We must worship God in spirit and in truth, in John chapter four, twenty four. Rather than worshiping God, the people were worshiping idols and false gods. They brought that into their worship. I mean, how offended would you be if all of a sudden I got a golden statue of Buddha up here and I said, Buddha's going to join us in worship this morning. How offended would you be? Hopefully you would leave this church. Hopefully you would go someplace else. Kick me out. Absolutely. Good one, Marilyn. So here's the people here. Here's the religious leaders. And because of their lack of knowledge of God, they started bringing in other things to join in their worship false gods and we're going to go move into this now i want to be very careful here because of the strong language that hosea uses in this okay because there are some very strong things that the lord brings against them in this controversy that he has them with their worship let's look at some of these things so here they are they're leading in worship they've forgotten god And they're bringing in these other things in their worship. Look what it says. My people inquire of a piece of wood. And their walking staff gives them oracles. Who in the world taught them that? The priest. The religious leaders of their day. They brought it in. He says, for a spirit of whoredom has led them astray. And they have left their God. The people here were not seeking after the Lord. They were not seeking after him, trying to please him. Instead, they were worshiping wooden idols and even walking sticks. Now, I know uh, Kathy sometimes has a walking stick. Kathy, do you got your walking stick with you this morning? Yeah, okay. Can you imagine? I mean, here's these people taking a walking stick, and they're thinking that it's going to give them some kind of oracle, you know? This was all happening because the priests were not faithfully leading the people. They were not teaching the people because they themselves have forgotten God. So rather than listening to God, they were using other forms of divination, such as walking sticks or wooden idols. God shows us how truly serious this is because they could just not add other idols into the worship of their true God. I mean, God says there's only one God. I am he. There's no other person besides me. You are to worship me. And they're like, huh, well, you know, okay, there's God, but we're going to add in these other things as well because that aids in our worship. That helps us worship. And the priests are just going right along with it saying, yeah, that's fine. Let's do it. Yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do it. Come on. Yeah, let's all join together. I'll bring my walking stick too. So they were bringing all of this stuff in. And God says, I have a controversy against you. They were committing spiritual adultery against the Lord. The people were sacrificing to false gods. And we look at this picture, we say, that's crazy. Wooden idols, walking sticks. I mean, come on. That's bizarre. That's weird. But because of the influence of the other pagan religions around them, they just invited it right on on in. Come on in. Come on in. Come on in. Now, look how horrible this leads to. Because of the, sac- the, the, the worship of these false gods, this is how bad it gets. Notice what it says here. And this is where I really want to be very careful with, with the strong language that, that God uses with this. Hosea 4, 13 through 14, it says, They sacrifice on the tops of the mountains and burn offerings on the hills under oak, poplar, and timberth because their shade is good. Therefore, your daughters play the whore and your brides commit adultery. I will not punish your daughters when they play the whore, nor your brides when they commit adultery. For the men themselves go aside with prostitutes and sacrifice with cult prostitutes. And a people without notice, without understanding, shall come to ruin. Within this text here, God tells us of how serious the situation is. I mean, God is not just saying, oh, yeah, you messed up a little bit. God is fed up with this. He, remember the scene? It's a courtroom scene. God is the judge, and he's saying, I have a controversy against you. You have, you have forgotten my law. There's no knowledge of me in the land. Your, your priests are leading in, in, in worship in such a horrible way. And look how bad this is. He says here, cult prostitution. Is what's taking place. Part of the pagan temple worship. During that time. Was with a fertility god. Remember one of the gods that they worshipped. Was Baal. Not just one Baal. But Baals. And this was their fertility god. They had this thinking that. That men. And I want to be very careful with this. That men would come into the temple. And in order to have a good crop. Or a, a good thing of animals. Whatever case may be. They would actually take practice with a prostitute in the temple so that God, the God of fertility, Baal, would bless them. That's how sick this has happened. Why? Because the priest and the prophets had forgotten the word of God. They're in there and they're doing their worship and they're trying to do all of this stuff to to have a better this or a better that. God says, I just want to bless you. And they say, oh, no, I'll go after my other gods. Baal's the one that gave me all this stuff, remember? So this reveals the huge difference between the pagan religions of the time and God's plan. Yet God's people were even guilty of this vile practice. In these verses are a picture of the moral clarity of the Bible. Because remember, if God's word is a light, and it's the only light that we have, if we do not use this light in the dark world, not a dimly lit world, dark world, which we live and we take this out, guess what ends up happening? Decay. You can look throughout any time period throughout history, And when they left out God out of the situation, the people corrupted. Are we not seeing that here today in 2017 in America? Absolutely. You know what America's God is? Sex. Think about it. Think about all the stuff that goes on in our our country today. There's an overemphasis about that. How did all that happen? Because we have left this out. People have decided and say, you know, I don't really need to follow that. I don't need to go by what God says. And they go and run after their own sinful passions in their life. Romans chapter number one is a very clear picture of that. So here the people are charged... Against their worship, the priests are charged against their worship because it all stems from the fact that there was an, uh, there, they did not have an understanding of God in their life. You know, throughout our culture, even today, we live in this sin, sex-crazed culture that we live in. We wonder why we have so much vile abominations today with an overemphasis on sex and perversions of sex, it's because when you get away from the light, you get away from truth. You get away from the standard which God has set. You know, because God's word is truth, it gives us a clear understanding of what sex is. Sex is a gift from God. It's something that's supposed to be used rightly within the bounds of marriage. But then again... In our culture today, people have decided and said, you know what, that was, you know, that was old, that's a different time, I really don't need that. And people have deviated from the truth of God's word. It's interesting, and even in false uh, religions in the world, which, which we have around today, people are awarded, when you get to heaven, with thousands or dozens of virgins, you know, Because there's an overemphasis on this. And God makes it very clear that their worship led to this. That they were practicing in this type of way. Only biblical Christianity understands the way, the right type of way to actually worship God. And that's to walk in the light. That's to worship in spirit and in truth. So we need to understand, us elders, us leaders, that how important it is to keep the word of God central in our lives. Because you say, can that happen today? Absolutely. How many of you guys remember Jonestown? Remember, don't drink the Kool-Aid? How did all that start? Those types of things can happen. So we have to make sure that we keep the word of God center in our life. Let's look at another thing here about this. So he says, I have this controversy against you. And notice lastly here, he says, I have a controversy against their stubbornness. Hosea 4, verse 15 through 19, he says, Though you play the whore, O Israel, let not Judah become guilty. Enter not into Gilgal, nor go up to beth Aven and swear not, as the Lord lives. Like a stubborn heifer, Israel is stubborn. Can the Lord now feed them like a lamb in a broad pasture? Ephraim is joined to idols, leave him alone. When their drink is gone, they give themselves to whoring. Their rulers dearly love shame. A wind has wrapped them in its wings, and they shall be ashamed because of their sacrifices. So here God expresses his frustration with the people. He says, you don't have any knowledge of me. Your priests are leading people without a knowledge of God. He says, your worship is is horrible. You're committing all this. And he says, I am so frustrated with you. You're like a stubborn heifer. Now, I don't have uh, animals besides a dog. She can be stubborn at times. But I've never worked with a stubborn heifer. Now, how many of you have had a stubborn heifer? Okay, very good. So you get the picture here of what God is saying that these people are like. They're so stubborn, they won't listen. They will not pay attention. They will not follow orders. They will not do what God wants them to do. And he says, you are like a stubborn heifer here. Now, I want to examine one important verse in this context because I think this really draws this home and helps us understand what our job is as believers are supposed to be doing, okay? Notice what it says here. He says, like a stubborn heifer, Israel is stubborn. Can the Lord now feed them like a lamb in a broad pasture? God is giving two different things here. He's saying a stubborn heifer or like a lamb. God says, I am looking for lambs, for sheep. He says stubborn heifers refuse to change. They refuse to repent. They refuse to turn from the, turn back to the Lord. God is looking for sheep. God is looking for me to be a sheep to be led by him, to follow him, to submit to him. In Isaiah 53, 6, Bible tells us all of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sin of us all. We know that him is Jesus Christ. We know that Jesus Christ took upon himself the iniquity of us all. He was beaten. He was chastised for us so that he could lead us like a lamb, like a sheep. Jesus' words make it very clear for us. In John chapter 10, verse number 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. John chapter 10, verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and they know me. In John chapter ten, twenty-seven, he says, My sheep listen to my voice, I know them, and they follow me. Jesus is the greatest demonstration of the love of God. Here in Hosea, we see a picture of the love of God. But Jesus is the greatest demonstration of the love of God. In Romans 5 8, but God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so this is a love that we cannot find anywhere else. That's why it is so important to have the word of God primary in our life. Did you know that you will never have more love for God than you do for the word of God? Because if you believe and you love God, his words are going to be important to you. They're going to be words that you're going to hang on to. They're going to be words that you're going to want to cherish and follow just as true as any relationship in here. If you love somebody, you cherish their words because you want to listen to what they're saying because they're communicating something to you. And so God's words should be of primary importance in our life. Do not let this slip by. Keep this center in your life. Allow it to change and transform your life. The people of Israel forgot God. They left him out of the picture. And look what had happened to them. We need to be oh so careful to keep this a primary importance in our life.